0: The Christian life is not always easy. I don't think that's a newsflash for anyone, but the tug of the world and our old sin nature means we're regularly coming face-to-face with temptation. Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This podcast is hosted weekly by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And for the next six weeks, we're going to look at the issue of temptation. And more importantly, we're going to look at how we deal with temptation, how we confront it properly, biblically. Chris, I,
1: I love how you just okay, temptation and sin. Chris, you're the you're the expert here. Uh, tell us what your experience <laughs> has been. Uh, no, I, I was um, inv- Lynn and I worked together to create the outlines uh, for this study, and uh, you know, I just think these are very real topics that every believer has to come to terms with and figure these things out. So I I just think it'll be a very helpful, helpful and healthy conversation for us to have. As we talk about the struggles that we have, the temptations that we experience things that we do to help us through those times. Um, You know, we're going to talk today about the reality that, we, you know, we we don't have anybody to blame here. So um, uh, what can we do and how can we work together and how can we uh, walk together to overcome these struggles in our lives?
0: Joining us for this conversation is Dr. Juan Sanchez. Uh, Juan, thank you for taking time to be with us for this podcast. It's my pleasure. It's a great Great joy to be with you guys. Juan is with us because he wrote this six-session study on dealing with temptation. One also serves as the senior pastor at High Point Baptist Church in Austin, Texas. Now, how long have you been the senior pastor there at a High Point?
2: Yeah, since uh, July 2005, and so I've been here 17 and a half years.
0: Wow, that's great. So the honeymoon period's kind of over? or you- yeah,
2: like, yeah, I told my wife, the honeymoon lasted 15 <laughs> years and then COVID hit. <laughs> So, is High Point a church plant? It was. It was planted in 1975, um, and I'm actually technically the
0: third pastor. Well, I value the fact you've had a long tenure there. So, and and, and then. But thank you for doing the writing of this study for us as well. I think this is some rich content as the groups get into this and they read it. So as Chris pointed out, we're going to be talking about, first of all, this first session is the source of temptation. And let me just begin here. It ain't God. We're going to be in James chapter one. And let me just read verse 13. And then uh, Dr. Sanchez and Chris, let me turn it back over to you. Uh, James one, verse 13. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God since God is not tempted by evil and he himself doesn't tempt anyone.
1: So Lynn, uh, you were helpful in making the choice to start this study on temptation with James. What prompted some of that for you uh, to to look at this passage in James one to lead this study?
0: you know chris it seems like in the past often we want to talk about the source of temptation we want to go to genesis 3 which is where the fall of fall of adam and eve where the serpent came and tempted them but what i love i've always loved about this passage in james is what we're going to look at in the next few verses about what it says about where temptation it comes from within ourselves we're the ones who Tempt ourselves now. Satan has a role in that as as we're going to unpack as we look at this. But I think this has always been a rich passage for me in my own walk to realize I'm the culprit here. The problems me. Now l- let me raise a question and one I'd like for you to address this if you don't mind. The, the the verse here talks about trials and it talks about me not being tempted. But what is the difference between trials and temptations?
2: Essentially
0: you know james
2: is using the same word or same word group for both trial or temptation and um you know in in verse 2 context is king you know so context helps us to read the bible you know i like to say words don't mean anything until they're in a context and so you know uh, word studies can be helpful to a certain degree but we actually don't know how a word is used until it's in a sentence and that sentence is in a paragraph and so, in in verses one two in chapter one two through four, you know James is talking about trials of a variety of kinds, and that these trials, in a sense, the Lord uses to test our faith. And you know uh, Peter in First Peter one has very similar language. But what are the means that the Lord uses for our endurance, for our perseverance? is actually these trials. The Lord allows us to endure trials, to test our faith, and even strengthen our faith. And as it says in in verse 4 of chapter 1, that this endurance through these trials, when it has its full effect, it brings us to maturity. Now, temptations are certain kinds of trials um, in the sense of uh, when we are faced with temptation of sin— It is a test. However, the difference is, you know, trials are things that come in a variety of ways. Uh, The Lord might allow trials. But what James wants to make sure that we understand is that the source of temptation to sin is not God. God is not tempting us to sin. God is not sitting in heaven on a throne. Well, let me see how I can trip up Lynn, or, you know, let me see what I can get Chris to do. Uh, So, James wants to make sure that we understand that when we're tempted to sin, uh, God is not the source of that. So it's helpful to have the different categories of of trials of a variety of kinds, temptation when we're tempted towards sin. Juan,
0: well, you said something in what you wrote in the personal study guide that really I thought was insightful for me, where you said the tests are there to strengthen us, but temptations harm us. And that takes us right back to the fact of why God does not tempt us. As you point out, that is the scripture says he's not tempted by evil by nature. He's good, but he himself does not tempt anyone. And again, because his goal, he wants, he wants to build us up. He wants to strengthen us and not to tear us down.
1: So most people at this point would say, well, God, okay. So God, God doesn't tempt us, but it's the devil. The devil makes, makes me do it. The devil's the one that makes me sin. Uh, is a is a common theme uh, that people state, but that's not accurate either. Correct?
2: I think what's important to understand is that there is a conspiracy against us, right? Satan is a conspirator, and you know when you read the scriptures, Satan Peter describes you know the devil as a roaming lion seeking to devour us. But what we have to understand is that the devil is not omnipresent. You know he's not present everywhere, right? Uh, but he does have a strategy. And you know Paul's writings helped us to see that there's even a structure and a strategy to the demonic realm. Um, and and Paul in Ephesians two also reminds us that what's conspiring against us is the world, you know, just a corrupt culture and 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 sin in general in the world, the devil through his strategy and his demons, uh, and then the flesh and so that's that's us right that's um uh who we were born in adam and that we're continually having to put that off and so there's a conspiracy and satan satan you know uses all of these and uh but satan himself directly is not tempting every single person um even though there there might be some some demonic temptation and those kinds of things but james point is basically Know when when we're tempted, we're the ones that are being drawn by our own desires. And what's helpful to understand about the way that the demonic realm operates, Satan and his his you know, demons, so to speak, is is to hold out promises, competing promises for our joy. And so, you know, Satan offers. Uh, counter promises to God's promises for our joy. And the question is, which promise will we believe? Will we believe God's promises for our joy and and satisfaction, or will we believe Satan's promises uh, for our pleasure and joy and satisfaction? I was reading something uh, just this week, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, sin offers us both—the uh, temptation of sin— Promises both pleasures and offers threats. And so we have to, we have to wrestle through what are we going to believe? You know, so for example, a temptation to to click on an internet site and go down that rabbit hole of pornography. The question we have to answer is, you know, here is this promise for pleasure and joy. If we click on this, and then what Satan does is he quickly turns that around on us once we click, and then accuses us. He's the accuser of the brothers. Um, But what James' point is, you know, all these are conspiring against us, but ultimately um, it is us pursuing our pleasures when we give in to temptation.
0: That's what we see in verse 14. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Juan, you used a great imagery of this in what you wrote related to fishing.
2: Yeah. And and, and James is using that. It's there in the biblical text. It's interesting. He, he gives two different word pictures. The first word picture is a fishing, right? You know, so um, what, what, James is selling he is saying each person is tempted when when that person is Lord so that word Lord is a fishing <laughs> you know it's a fishing you know term and so each of us is tempted when when we're drawn away by a lure. and you know what I would say is Satan is a good fisherman you know uh he knows what what lore uh you know kind of entices us
1: what to dangle out there in front of us
2: that's right that's right one of my favorite, uh, books by C.S. Lewis is um, the Screw Tape Letters, you know, where the older devil is teaching the younger devil how to tempt. And so, you know, if, if, if you can imagine, you know, how we're tempted in the different ways, um, it, it's like, you know, he's fishing and there's a lure and we either bite or don't bite. And what's interesting is when we bite, then James shifts the imagery to pregnancy. It's like we've taken the bite. And then after desire is conceived, there's a gestational period and it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. And so we see this this process that sin, you know, takes once it's conceived basically to kill us.
1: So early in my uh, Christian development, I had a student pastor that uh, used uh, "lust leads to sin, sin leads to death." King James version. So it's and and he would say this is an LSD verse: uh, lust, sin, death. And you know that's stuck for all these years. It's a reminder that that that's how Satan works. It's amazing that in uh, the inspired Scripture, this piling on of words uh, that that he uses. When you're tempted, you're drawn away, you're enticed, and it's your own evil desire. And then he goes into the into the verse 15. So it, it's an it's an amazing use of language as well.
2: It really is. And then I mean, they're they're amazing pictures meant to be imprinted on our minds to actually then help us to fight temptation. He's he's already warned us what will happen when we bite the lure. And, you know, by doing that, he's helping
0: us fight sin. So what James does, and he's, he talked about God doesn't tempt us because he's good. He says, we're, we're, we tempt ourselves, but then he's going to kind of come back to this idea of reminding us of the goodness of God. And he says in verse 16, don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows by his own choice. He gives us birth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits of all his creatures. So there it one, you do a great job of reminding us that this is not a new topic. He's, he's coming right back to this idea, the goodness of God. And he's, he gives us good gifts, and I think what we see in, in verse uh, 18 there, one of those good gifts is uh, is the word, giving us birth by the word of truth.
2: And, you know, what's helpful to understand is that, you know, sometimes trials actually lead us into temptation and sin, right? So sometimes suffering um, that itself is not sinful can lead us to sin in our responses, and so, you know, what's helpful to understand is throughout this process, especially when we face suffering, you know, one of the things that we're tempted to do is, is question God's goodness or question God's sovereignty or question God's wisdom. And James is trying to help us by anchoring us in the nature of God. God does not change. He is the same God always, all the time. There's not no shifting even of shadows. and everything good comes from him. In fact, our own salvation comes from him. And that's that's what he's getting at in verse 18. God is the one that gave us this new birth by his word. So the, the word is is the the power that birthed us, that God used to birth us and give us new life. So we would be part of the first fruits of, of his creatures. In other words, part of the new creation. And so if, if God who does not change has been so good to his, have given us life and birth by the word, um, you know, he, he's not going to change and then bat on us. And so uh, that, and, and even that same word, which is kind of what you're getting at, Lynn, even that same word by which he brought us to life is the word that he sustains us. He gives us to sustain us. Is You know, so to, to borrow from Paul, you know, the, the gospel is a power of God for salvation to all who believe. But this salvation is is we were saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. So the same word that brought us to saving faith is the same word that that it continues to sustain us in faith.
0: Uh, there's a question I think that might be valuable for the groups as a as, uh... In your groups, as you unpack this, what one has just said about the goodness of God, the gift He's given us of salvation, uh, and certainly His Word that 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 keeps us continuing in that salvation, but to consider that what are some of the good gifts God has given us to help for help us fight temptation? Now we've two of them are here in the Scripture: salvation that He's given us in His Word, and implied in that too. I, mean, I say implied, but with that salvation is the fact I'm not alone. God's Holy Spirit is in me as I encounter temptation, but I think there would be value for groups to talk about. What are some of the other, other things God has placed in your particular life? Maybe it's an individual, uh different things that might be there as a a way that you have found it helps you as you overcome temptation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know the 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 Christian walk is not a lone ranger journey, right? You know the. if if jesus wanted to just save us and take us to heaven he could but he has placed us in a community and you know every relationship that we have around us of believers is is meant for our good and for our endurance and even the spiritual gifts that each of us has is for the building up of the body. So so God has hardwired us, we come into the kingdom by the word of truth individually, but God has put us in a community so that we will continually be building one another up by speaking this, this truth of the gospel to one another in love.
1: Thanks, Juan, for writing and for sharing with us today. I think this is going to be a good springboard for us to continue to talk about sin and temptation. We need to be reminded, and and I want to say say a word to you who are group leaders and involved in groups uh, uh, who are going to to come around God's word this week and look at James 1 together. Um, You're going to set the tone for what happens in this group experience uh, in week one through the following six weeks. And the more transparent and honest you can be uh, with your group will be beneficial. There are some great discussion questions that we have prepared that will help us have a conversation. I think it's I think uh, that we will come to the conclusion and agreement that one thing that we all have in common is that we've all sinned, uh, that we all face temptation. So of the words that's been used in this passage, which ones resonate with you? in your experience with temptation and another question is how would you describe the stages of of temptation that uh are provided in verses uh, 14 and 15 in your own words um, another question would be what practices can help us avoid this enticement to sin so uh if 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 we can set the tone just to be very honest and recognize, look, this this is a struggle that we all have. Uh, I think that it will benefit not only this week, but the entire study. Uh, So I want to encourage you to be willing um, to be vulnerable, to share uh, your own struggles, your own. And I don't think we have to get into details. I don't think it has to be really graphic, but we're talking about, you know, there are things that, that we all struggle with. And the temptation to sin is real. Um, and we're going to look at Jesus and how he experienced temptation. And that was real for him. So um, what happens this week? I think it's important for the whole study.
0: And Chris, you said a good point too, about setting the tone for this, because if this study by itself, uh, I mean, our point for this study is we have no one to blame, but ourselves when we fall into sin, the tone we could set on it is you're a bunch of worthless sinners. You've got no one to blame, but yourself, <laughs> And but we need to deal with that reality, but we don't need to leave it there, because realize God in his goodness has brought us salvation. He's brought us his word. He's provided us a way out over temptation. And when we fall, as we're going to see in this study, a way that we confess and we uh, we get moving again. So keep in mind that we're not here just to beat ourselves up, but we need to deal with the reality of where temptation begins, so that we can also realistically deal with it, with the power and the gifts Christ has given us. One, thank you for being a part of our conversation today. This has been Rich. Praise God. It's been my pleasure. We're going to have Dr. Sanchez with us in a few more weeks as we continue this study on dealing with temptation. Uh, but we do hope that uh, this next week, as you launch into the study, that you have a great Bible study with your group.